trying to, I call it creative problem solving on the run, because as soon as something would pop up and I thought I had dealt with it, two other things would pop up on the opposite end of the spectrum. Hi, I'm Bobby. I'm a certified caregiving consultant and a certified caregiving educator. I lead a caregiver support group in my local community. And I'm her husband, Mike, and I'm a certified caregiver advocate and a certified music therapist. And this is Roger That, the podcast dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. Here we focus on the caregiver. We offer our practical insights and share some emotional support. And you never know, we might even share a laugh or two. And we all know that laugh is the best medicine. And don't forget the wine, Mike. Oh, you know, I never forget the wine. You know, in our particular situation, we were fortunate to be able to care for and keep Roger here at home and not place him in a care facility. But that's one of the decisions that's really hard for so many families that are faced with this. Um, And one of the things that I like to tell them is caregiving is not location-based, it's care-based. And when you have to make that decision for whatever reason that it is, that you're making the best decision to make sure that they get the best possible care and you will always be their advocate and you will always be there for them. And another thing that I like to tell people is don't tell your family members that you would never have them in a care facility because you may not be able to keep that promise. And that makes it more difficult when you have to make that decision to place them in care. And that becomes even more important to understand that sometimes our job is to let go and let other people take care of them in the best possible way. And that brings us to today's guest. She's the owner and director of Care Patrol of Central Maryland and Loudoun, Virginia. She holds a master's degree in social work, is a certified senior advisor, and has completed the certified dementia practitioner requirements. It was it and was in the first group that took the Certified Senior Placement Specialist exam in the country. She infuses her passion for people and their well-being into helping families connect with optimal senior care solutions. Please welcome to our show, Bonnie Elliott. Hi, Bonnie. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today, Bonnie. I know our listeners are going to appreciate what you have to share with them today. So please tell our listeners about what it is that you do. Thank you both for having me. Um, Bobby, I really like what you said about care-based decisions, because no matter where a loved one is, the care is the most important thing. And that's what we focus on with Care Patrol and the services that we provide, making sure that folks are connected to safe, quality care. And what we do is uh, locally and hands-on, so that's face-to-face, we meet with families and or their seniors as appropriate to help them determine and walk them through the whole process from start to finish of what is the best type of care for them, whether it's in their home, in assisted living, independent living, uh, memory care, um, and all the related resources that they might need along the way of that journey. And we're kind of holding them, their hands and guiding them through that uh, process the whole way. Well, you know, sometimes it's, it's really not 
in the best interest for people to be in a facility. And sometimes it is. And in our case, we knew that Roger was better off at home because he had he was very adept at hiding symptoms. Yeah. And when he was in the hospital, he would tell the nurses and the doctors, go take care of the sick people. I can take care of myself. And in the meantime, he was um, cheeking his medicine or throwing it out, or he would be very sick and he was doing everything that he could to hide it. So in our particular situation, it was best that he be at home because I became very adept at observing his behaviors and being able to tell if he was in pain or if he was sick, even if he was denying it. But there are also, there are other situations where it's by far the best thing to be in a facility, either because of family history or because it becomes dangerous for either the caregiver or the caree to be in that home situation. And frankly, not everybody is, should be a caregiver 24 seven for the months and years that this can take. They're just, it's not in their makeup. They're not good at it. They shouldn't be doing it. And thank God there are resources for people that are in those situations. Yes, and I actually had a similar situation to, to you with my dad who uh, lived in another state uh, and my stepmother took care of him. And for a while it was really important for, for her to have him at home with her. And eventually she just couldn't care for him because he kept falling and um, she just emotionally, she was a similar age in her eighties, emotionally and physically, it was impacting her. And you sort of spoke to that in terms of, you know, whether someone can do the caregiving role, it's extremely stressful and daunting. Um, and monetarily, sometimes it doesn't work if they have to quit their job, you know, or, uh, you know, there's childcare issues if they're a parent themselves trying to take care of their own kids and family. Um, there are long distance situations. So yeah, it's, it's really the ability to have all those conversations of the different aspects and figuring out you know, what's best in this particular case. And they're all different, right? If you've seen one. So what is the process if somebody contacts you? So typically they're calling or uh, emailing or they're referred through one of my community referral partners. And we just start the conversation with, you know, what's, tell me about your mom, your dad, your sibling, whatever, whoever it is and find out a little bit about the situation. So it's very conversational. I mean, eventually we're getting into the specifics of the care needs, you know, what are they able to do for themselves? What are their health conditions, uh, medications? What's their um, typical day like? What's their personality like? What do they like to do and not like to do? So that we can help match them to a community that's appropriate because as you know there are communities that are large you know that have all the bells and whistles and even if that's affordable for some it may not be the right place for them depending on what's going on especially with someone with dementia who can't be in an overstimulating environment so there are smaller care homes we call them residential homes so that might be an important uh, consideration to make for the 
their loved one in terms of what's best for them. And then, so once we do the care discovery, we call that a care discovery. It's, it's on the phone initially, and then we might meet with the family in person, provide them with a lot of information. We have a family packet that kind of helps give them something tangible to kind of hold on to with a tour checklist that gives them four pages, a list of things to look for while they're touring. We're actually touring with them if, if that's what's happening. So if they're looking for assisted living or memory care, we're coordinating and making all the phone calls and setting up the visits um, so that they don't have to worry about making and taking and tracking all of that. We're doing that for the family. Um, and then we're accompanying them on the tour to be a support, to ask a question that they might have forgotten about, but we know it's important to them. Um, and just to help them feel like they've got, we've got their back. Well, not only that, but they have the best information to make the best decision yes. possible. You know, Bonnie, um, while we have my dad here, and that was the right, right place for him at that time, I don't know that we would have been able to decipher all the information that um, to, to find a good care facility, even though there's many, many around us, I just don't know that we would have been able to sort through all the chaff. And I'm thinking that what you do is just so extremely, extremely important as a, for lack of a better word in my vocabulary, to handhold them through the process. I think it's a, that's wonderful. Yeah, thank you for saying that. And, and there is a lot more to it. I mean, you know, when we were in high school, we didn't get that class that, you know, how to take care of your parents when their health starts deteriorating 101, right? Um, so it's new territory for, for many families and they sort of have that deer in the headlights look of, you know, where do we start? And isn't this place great? With Often compared to walking into a brick wall. I mean, we, we thought we had this, you know, we, we had this conversation when it, you know, we were bringing his dad in, um, thinking, uh, yeah, it'll be difficult some days, but we've got this. He's going to flourish in my care. Everything's going to be fine. And all of a sudden, boom. Um, yeah. Trying to, um, I call it creative problem solving on the run. Because as soon as something would pop up and I thought I had dealt with it, two other things would pop up on the opposite end of the spectrum. And while I was running over there, something else would pop up. <laughs> and I like whack-a-mole. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yep. It is. It is. And, and uh, you know, like we're in and out of the communities constantly, uh, maybe even on a day-to-day -day basis. And we know what their care and violation history is. Um, because they're surveyed and they have to meet uh, certain criteria and um, we only refer to licensed communities so that their states are licensing them for three levels of care typically and and so we know all the nuances of you know the personalities of the the staff and and the populations even that are there and though populations change especially in smaller communities it's good to know, well, dad is a, is a man's man. And so I'm not gonna refer him to my community in Carroll County that has 16 female residents because that's not gonna be the best fit for his personality perhaps. Um, 
So, you know, there's all those kinds of nuances that people don't think about when they're choosing because they, and they shouldn't. I mean, there's not any way, like you said, to know all of that. It's a lot of information. So we help them sort through that. And not only that, but it's such a stressful situation for the caregivers uh, or, or the family members that are going through the process. It's so stressful. You know, Mike and I have been married um, be. 32 years and we really like each other. But I have to tell you, during <laughs> the last couple of years of our caregiving experience, we had more arguments and fought more than we ever had in our 32 years together simply because of the stress. Yeah, it is. It's truly stressful. And, you know, we like to, we like to point out to folks, you know, if you, if you're struggling about keeping someone home versus putting them in a facility, quote unquote, and I promised mom or dad that I would never do that. Well, if, if the caregiving journey at home is so stressful as, as, and it's, it's becoming untenable, then you know, you can go back to being the daughter, the son, the sister, the brother, the the wife or husband of the person who maybe goes into assisted living or memory care. Once that happens, you can go back to having that quality of relationship that you're not the authority anymore. You're not the caregiver who has to worry about all, you know, all the, whether the medication is happening or whether it's picked up or the laundry's done or the, the, the ADLs, the activities of daily living are attended to, you can just enjoy each other's company. That is such an excellent point. And also there's the fact that um, very often those who are who need care listen to somebody who is not their spouse or their child more yeah, readily than they point. would that family member. So um, Bonnie, one of the one of the things that we had where in in my personal situation, my dad was like Superman. He was larger than life, even though he was a shorter guy. Um, And then when he needed all this care, it was difficult for me to see him as that not Superman. And to have all that stress and to take on the role of being my parents' parent was very difficult, not only for me, but it was also difficult for him. And that goes back to what Bobby said a minute ago about taking on that role and having a different relationship and also what you alluded to. And that was a very, very interesting. One one of the things that um, happened in our particular situation also, um, as you can probably guess from the last name of Carducci, this was an Italian household. And in Italian households, it's the women who are in charge of the family. You know, the man can go out and do his job and be in charge there. But when he comes home, the women are in charge. So my father-in-law, had been under, he married a very strong Italian woman. His mother was an extremely amazing, strong Italian woman. And um, so he said to me one day, my wife died, my mother died, I can do whatever I want. And then he went on to say, um, 
You know, in Italy, women are second-class citizens. Now he's remembering back into the 1940s. He's not talking about independent women in Italy today, but you know, to him, you didn't have to listen to a woman. So in, in Italy, women are second-class citizens. And I just kind of looked him in the eye and I said, you realize you don't live there anymore and you're in my house now. And, you know, he kind of took a step back and blinked his eyes a couple of times and uh, <laughs> changed the conversation. <laughs> yes. Yes. That, that role reversal or taking on those different roles. Um, my dad always did the finances and paid the bills and did, you know, knew all of that information and my stepmother right. not so much and so when my dad had um you know was further along in his journey of alzheimer's he she had to take that on for him and she didn't necessarily know what she was doing we tried to pitch in and help but they were of that generation that didn't share necessarily the financial information of their um of their situation so we had to scramble around and dig and, you know, make calls and get verbal permission to talk to different people. And it, you know, that was a whole nother aspect of it, which points to the importance of preparing and giving your family the information that they need, whether you're going to assisted living or staying at home. Someone needs to know how to manage all those aspects and there needs to be a power of attorney in place medically and durable power of attorney. And, and so there's all of that piece, you know, sort of the practical side too, that needs to be dealt with. And we're always reminding folks about that and giving them the resources to get that, to make that happen. Well, we don't actually, yeah, so, so good question. We don't actually, do the work, but we point them to the resources. Uh, um, if they need an elder attorney, we have several that we work with. I was just going to ask you about that. If you know them, I was just going to ask you about that. If you help their specialties and things, go through and, that and get those arrangements. Um, you know, not just giving them a name of someone so my that I don't know or I haven't worked with or gotten feedback about from one of my family. Oh no, no. Um, we right. can also help them figure out the VA application process a little bit with giving them you know the the local veteran service officer or the local area agency on aging or whatever agency is appropriate to get to the resources that they need it's it's i think it's so important what you're doing because we were talking to someone else involved in this um caregiving world and they were talking about how some of these various agencies that do have resources for caregivers don't talk to one another. So, so for instance, if they call the Alzheimer's organization and they needed help with um, finding an in-home caregiver, or maybe that's a bad example, but different agencies and different um, resources not talking to one another. So if they have someone like you that they can come to who can, you know, kind of point various uh, assistance that's out there is extremely valuable. So Bonnie, can you maybe walk us through an initial consultation? So sure. So um, 
we, we do what's called a, a care discovery and uh, we're getting the contact information of any family members that are decision makers so that we can involve all of them as needed along the way. You know, there might be a sibling that's out of state that wants to be involved um, so that we can include everyone on the email or even do Zoom meetings or conference calls, whatever it takes to, to figure out what is best for mom and dad and or dad sibling, spouse, and, uh, you know, and then we're getting their information on their AD, what we call ADLs, activities of daily living. So are they able to dress, bathe, groom themselves, and to what extent we get their, their information on chronic health conditions? Do they have Parkinson's? Was there a stroke? Um, it, is, the, is the search triggered by a fall or a crisis or a hospital stay, or are they in rehab? Because that's a whole different circumstance where we might be working against a discharge date and have a deadline. So we're getting as much health information as we can, their medications, you know, what, what their, who their specialists are and what they've done in terms of diagnosis, because a family member might say, well, well, Dad has dementia, but you know, was there an official diagnosis by a neurologist? Because if there wasn't, they might not be able to be in a memory care community if that's the right option for them, unless they have that diagnosis. And then we're getting information on their personality. So what do they like to do? What are they are they social? Are they interested in, you know, gardening and reading? Um, and what do they like to read? So we're finding out about their personality as well and getting the family to, to give us an idea of what, what are your priorities for mom or dad? You know, if it's, if it's mom or dad, do you, you know, is cost the most important piece? Is care the most important piece? Is convenience the most important piece? Um, Care Patrol was started by a social worker back in 1994 because he was a hospital case manager and realized that wrong or incorrect, <laughs> inappropriate, I should say, um, placements were happening with his patients when a woman placed her mom in a dementia care community because it was three miles from her and mom didn't have dementia. And I guess back then it was, it must have been allowed, but you know, so. So we're finding out everything that we can can to make the best decision, not only the care needs, but the budget, the geographic preference, the personality the, of, the, of the family and of the senior themselves. So we're getting a really complete picture so that we can make a recommendation or two or three, usually three to four, that are appropriate and then the family reviews the information that we send and we talk about it if they need to and then I set up the tours for them take them to tour and then hopefully they make a decision um, based on their experience of, of the tour and the information that they received we help them with the move if that's needed we help them with all the paperwork because that's a whole nother piece of this that we haven't even talked about but <laughs> um, you know, they need a mulch yeah. form, they need a, a, a negative TB test, they need the assisted livings require certain kinds of paperwork for admission. So we help them 
go through all those steps and get what they need. Well, that certainly opens up a door in the middle of that brick wall I was talking about that we were facing. You know, we did, there was so much that I didn't know back when I welcomed my father-in-law into my home. And it's one of the reasons why I do this podcast and, you know, go out and talk to the community and educate them about what dementia is other than a memory problem. People don't take on more than what they know they're getting into. And also to know that there are resources to help them through. They don't have to do it all on their own. Yes. Yes. So important. Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm a social worker and that's, you know, that's a lot of what I do is the, you know, making sure that they're not stressed and that they're feeling supported. And, and then there are always fight, you know, family dynamics going on, not just maybe like you had in your household, um, but just the out of state sibling who's saying, Oh, we are never putting mom or dad exactly. into an assisted living. That is just not happening. And, and the person who's here, you know, managing it on a day to day basis is saying, you have no idea what, what this is like and what we're dealing with. And so I'm helping them work through those family dynamics if, if that's, you know, happening. Bonnie, before we wrap up this episode, I just wanted to touch on one question. Um, after the placement, is there any after placement support that you provide? Or is there feedback based on um, the facility that is um, selected or anything like that? So you can keep track of what's the best recommendations? Is there any dialogue back and forth? Afterwards? Yes, we do check in with both the community and uh, the family and the senior. We go visit the senior and see how they're doing or we're walking through there anyway because we're in and out all the time. Um, and so we're getting that feedback and keeping that in mind for our you know, future work that we do with families. Um, and we're letting, we, you know, we have really good relationships with our providers. So if, if there's something that's consistent, that is a, a complaint or an issue or a concern, we can go back to the community and, and say, you know, this is, this is what we keep hearing. Let's, how can we figure that out and, and rectify that so that it's not a problem? Because they might not know that this is happening. So we, we can really that's help awesome. them you know, do, do a better job it, within their communities to provide what their residents really want. Uh, so, so that's a really, that's really valuable for them. Um, and I have to say one. Absolutely. Yeah. And so one of the advantages of working with Care Patrol also is that we, because of those relationships, we can even negotiate pricing. Sometimes oh, that's good in, to know. In different situations. Yeah. So, wow. and our service is free. I think we've talked about that, but uh, or mentioned that at the beginning. But we we do provide the service free to our families. That is wonderful, Bonnie. Thank you so much for being um, our guest today and sharing such valuable information with caregivers and those who are going to become caregivers. Um, and thank you personally from me to you for the work that you do in in supporting others. Oh, you are welcome, and thank you so much. I I love this podcast and and what you're doing i think it's such a, such a valuable resource so bobby we touched on a, a few topics today so um let's 
review a couple of the things that we talked about. One of the things that she said, I think it's very important, and you've touched on this a number of times in the past also, that the caree a lot of times will listen to someone else instead of a child or a sibling or a spouse. And I think we, we don't have that in our consciousness. And another one is, again, as you pointed out earlier in the podcast, the care facility might just be the best placement for the person because you want the best care. But one of the things she said that I thought, wow, here's three C's that you look at. And it's the cost, obviously. Everybody's concerned about that. The care and the convenience. And she walks them through what is the most important, what's the most, uh, or the second most important. And I think that's very important to have in the forefront of when you're looking to find a facility. And I think just having the three C's and having her help you walk through the three C's, I think that's probably the most incredible. I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, again, we reiterate how grateful we are to have uh, Bonnie on our show. You can find out more information about Bonnie and Care Patrol of Central Maryland and Modern Virginia on our show website at rogerthat.show. This has been Roger That, and I'm Bobby. And I'm Mike. And we are dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. So please subscribe to the show, go to iTunes, post a review, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know how we can help, or if you just have a question you'd like for us to address, please do a post on the Roger That Facebook page, and we will certainly respond. To find out more about us or where Bobby will be speaking next, head over to rogerthat.show. It's roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, that.show. Roger That is produced by Missing Link, a media podcast company dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Missing Link is a proud partner of Hearing Charities of America, a nonprofit organization that supports those who are deaf or hard of hearing. You can find out more about HCA on our website or go to hearingcharities.org.